rise and shine. Welcome back to the sit down and talk show. As always, I'm your host, Shanice Talia Williams. I initially planned on this being something that I was going to produce and release on a weekly basis, but now I'm finding the need to do this daily as a rising ritual to release the thoughts that I'm having. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to drop another episode today. And today we are going to talk about Kuhn Yay West, but less about him and more about what it is that he is currently standing for and what it is that he is representing. So let's jump right into it. And we're going to have that challenging conversation about Kunye West today. Okay, so the conversation that we need to be having instead of us focusing on Kunye West is around Eurocentricity and Euro supremacy. This has less to do with whiteness and more to do with Eurocentricity. This man is in Europe right now. He could never and would never do such a thing in these United States of America. And that is exactly why. Let's talk more about white supremacy. Let's talk about the word white. What is the word white other than a color, a race, something that was given to us? We give the word white power. So when we hear things like white supremacy, what is that doing other than us vocalizing that one color is superior over another, which has nothing to do with what the root of the issue is. That is the surface of the issue. So when we see things and we hear things like white lives matter, it is feeding into the narrative of white supremacy. Again, the narrative, white supremacy is a narrative. The root of white supremacy, what is that narrative promoting? Eurocentricity. So let's go back to the inception of America the great experiment, the great American experiment. You're gonna hear me say that a lot on this podcast. When we talk about this great American experiment, again, who were the scientists that were conducting this experiment? Who was calculating and conducting the results? Who wanted the conclusion? What was the hypothesis for the great American experiment? Well, one thing we do know for sure is that there were no Americans there were only Europeans, African slaves, and indigenous American people, or whatever they decided to call themselves before we decided as Europeans. And I say we because I am a descendant of those Europeans who came over to this land and decided to call it America. So let's let's talk about that. This land, again, was colonized by Europeans, like much of the land in the world was colonized by Europeans, whether that is France, whether that is Spain, may it be Germany, Russia, uh, England, Europe is the, that's where I'm trying to point you all here. All of those colonizing countries, European. So when we think about Eurocentricity and that being the root of white supremacy and neo-Nazism and all of the other things that we like to in this country equate to racism. Racism is, is really an American thing. That's really part of the great American experiment. And it also glazes over us focusing on the fact that we are American and we are 
breaking our backs for European name brands, breaking our backs, breaking our banks, breaking each other. We are literally, and I'm going to throw myself in that royal weed because I do have Prada in my closet. I do have Jimmy Choo in my closet. And I am someone who I, I will absolutely own up to it and admit that I have been a result or a product of perpetuating these Eurocentric cycles. And I'm going to do better at being more of a proud American. And I say that because our nationality matters. When I went to Belize and I sat on that beach and I sparked up my blunt that I bought in Belize and the black woman looked at me with disgust and said, oh, she acts like that because she's an American. It had nothing to do with me looking like them. It had nothing to do with me being a black woman who just wanted to be carefree in a space with other black people smoking weed that I bought in Belize. So the moral of that story is no matter where we go, when we leave America, whether you are Asian, you are a black American, a white American, you're American, Afro-American, whatever you decide to call yourself or label yourself, when you leave this country, you are the bad American in other spaces, no matter what you look like. So that's what I mean by Eurocentricity. When we leave this country, we are American. We are based on our nationality versus our race. Our race categorizes us in America. So to see Kanye West in Europe saying white lives matter is him emphasizing that Eurocentricity is what our culture is based off of. It is what our lives and the systemic racism and everything else that we are trying to remove ourselves from is rooted in. He is literally in their country flexing for them. And I say for them because you have to remember the patriarchy was never even born in America. The patriarchy is also European, which is why Eurocentricity matters so much. That's the thing. Blonde hair and blue eyes, that was never created in America. The first time we hear about that being a major thing is when we talk about eugenics and we talk about Hitler and we talk about Nazi Germany, AKA Europe. A lot of the battles and the things that we as Americans are constantly confronting and constantly facing are rooted in the values, the culture and centering a place that a lot of us never even have never been, never care to go, would prefer to never see a day in our lives, Europe, that's it. Like we need to be really having more conversations about the influence that Europeans have over us as Americans and why we as Americans are so divided and so divisive that we, we still have to interculturally label ourselves when you hear I'm British, I'm French. I, I was born in France, but I'm from Senegal. Like they pe people have their nationality. We as Americans, I feel as if we decided to, okay, so let's do a hypothetical. What if we all decided to just start going by nationality? I'm a proud American. I, I removed the black American because clearly you can see that it is physical. It is a part of my biology. So it's, it's nothing you can miss if you see me and you notice me and you are aware and present that I am in your space. You will know that I am a 
container and a vessel of melanin. It's unmissable. So I dropped the label of black. I dropped African because I have yet to go to Africa. I've had conversations with first generation Americans who are African and also Africans who are immigrants to America who have the same narrative that when they come to America, they are told by other Africans, very Eurocentric rooting, that Black Americans are lazy. When you get here, refrain from aligning with us or affiliating yourself with us because the last thing you want is for Europeans to think that you are a lazy African. So they want nothing to do with melanated Americans. So I have to drop the African. I may have African ancestry. I may have African genetics or DNA, but I have never been to Africa. It is hard for me to call Africa home when I hear Africans telling me that when they come to my home, they want nothing to do with me. Imagine someone walking into your house and saying, oh, actually, you you live here. I know you built this house, but I'm looking for the owner. I'm looking for the, the person who actually like owns the land here because just because you own this house and you bought it and you keep it up, you built it and you did all of that, that means nothing to me because you're still lazy as fuck. I want the person who actually colonized this land because they're the ones with the power. That's who I want to align myself with. That's what's happening when a lot of people, especially Africans, come to this country. It's still rooted in, again, the colonization of their continent, the colonization of their country's Eurocentricity. That's where that seed that the Americans who actually built America are lazy. And it's a bold face ass lie. We know that. So back to the nationality question what harm would come out of us just saying i am an american yes we can have our subsets of culture because culture is important it makes us who we are and our labels make us who we are but when we are choosing to self-identify using labels that contain divisive language and using labels that isolate us, marginalize us, and also make us prey to Eurocentricity, I want to pose the question, at what point do we choose for ourselves and for each other different labels? I miss the days of being able to say, I am an American. I am a proud American. There was once a time period very briefly in my childhood where I can remember that being something I was taught culturally was that I was supposed to be proud to be an American. I want to make it very clear also that Eurocentricity is more than just a melanated or a Black issue. Eurocentricity, white Americans, European Americans, that's your issue too. When the time comes for, that's the thing with Europe, when the time comes for them to start to colonize again, because one thing we do know is that history very much repeats itself. So when it's time for them to come around and start colonizing places again, white Americans, how are y'all gonna feel when the red coats come over here again and tell us that we need to bend the knee to the crown because the new regime decided that they wanted to come back and claim America because technically we were theirs once. We we did belong to them. We did work for them. We we taxed to them. How are you going to feel when your your American ancestors 
who fought that revolutionary war, excuse me, our American ancestors, shout out to my great, 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 great granddaddy, Colonel Thomas Jefferson, not the president, but the colonel in the revolutionary war. And how are y'all gonna feel? The legacy that is America, especially Southern America, we, we have all of this deb debate and dispute about the civil war and this this race war that, that could possibly be coming up. But in my opinion, it has nothing to do with race and everything to do with nationality. Because I share the same sentiments about American history as a Southern Confederate would about American history. That's the thing. We, as an American people, should be trying to, the good, the bad, the ugly, the trauma, the drama, your great, great, great grandmama, we should be trying to conserve all of that history because if we erase any part of it, if we erase any bit of it, especially the revolutionary parts of it, we will allow history to repeat itself with our future generations. It is up to us to be the griots. It is up to us to be the storytellers, to be the historians, to be the collective keepers of American history. Because you have to remember, America is still a new country. Europe is old, old. The Vatican, uh, Italy, Rome, Greece, they have gods. Come on now. They have Athenas and Zeuses and all sorts of gods. They are old. Do you hear me? Their history is old. It is preserved. It is intact. We are being taught about it in our English classes. Let's have that conversation. Whereas American history is still fresh. It's still new. We are still the preservers of that history. So the more we water it down, the more we change it because it, it's hurtful and it's painful and we're also sensitive and cancel culture and ooh, hold me, coddle me. The more we we try to remove ourselves from that history, the more we become it. I'm gonna say that again. The more we try to remove ourselves from that history, the more we become it. So to my fellow Americans, I say to you, if you were a descendant of people who were on the wrong side of history, pay attention to that history because the less you pay attention to the harm that your ancestors have done, the more you become them. You carry that genetics, you carry that colonizer energy, you carry all of that within you. So unless you study it and you choose and decide to become something corrective to your ancestors, you literally become a product of your ancestors. So remember, we are products of Europeans. Never forget that. If That's the thing about being an American. Americans are bred, and I use the word bred differently because we again were, I use it in its literal sense, the great American experiment. There was a breeding happening here. We contain genetics like no other place in the world. We contain the genetics of African slaves who were brought here. We contain the genetics of the Europeans who colonized this land. We contain the genetics of the indigenous beings who were here prior to the arrival of any of these other people. So that's the thing, the indigenous blood of Americans, the European blood of Americans also mixed with that African blood. We are 
a different sort of genetic makeup than any other place in the world. And that is why at some point, Americans were pedestaled. They wanted to see how we were going to set off into the races amongst everyone else. But then when they realized that, whoa, these Americans seem a bit entitled, um, they are they are powerful, but the thing about Americans is they know they're powerful. We need to figure out a way to disempower them a bit. And the best way to disempower a group of people is to divide them. The more divisive they are, the less empowered they are, the less they're communicating, the less they can share thoughts, the less they can share commonalities, the less they recognize their nationality. If you were born in America, you are, in fact, an American. Maybe if you are first generation and you go back to your native home country and you decide that, you know what, I just, I want to be a native of this land. This is my family's land. I was just a first generation American. I'm actually going to deny that citizenship and I'm going to go home. You have the capability of doing that. But for those of us whose ancestors built this country, we have been here since the inception of what we know as the great experiment of America. This is our home. We have no other home to go to. There is no other land in this world where we are welcomed and we can go and say, this is my home without being a colonizer. Even as African-Americans, if we decided to Marcus Garvey back to Africa, where are we staying? Where are we sleeping? Where are we going without being a colonizer? That's it. So I say all of that to say now is the time for us to start to take pride in our nationality. Now, what does that look like when you are in a land that was told to hate you? When you live in a world, in a, in a space, when the reality is racism does exist, systemic racism exists, all of this injustice that is rooted in Eurocentricity does exist. What can I do now to be a proud American? Take ownership. Start to do whatever it takes for you to start to feel like this is your home. Whether that means purchasing a home, purchasing land, um, opening up a business, starting to contribute to the American economy. And I say that to say the more we start to insert ourselves in these spaces, the more we start to take pride in our homes, the more it will start to feel like home and the more it will be recognized as our home. We as melanated Americans have felt like outsiders in this country for so long. We have been pushed out for so long. We have felt like we have never belonged here for so long. Now is the time for you to shift that perspective. Now is the time for you to shift that thinking. Now is the time for you to solidify yourself in your American history and, and in your American future. Because the thing about that is where are your descendants gonna go? The time for you to start being that ancestor is now. What are you building for them? What type of America are you building? We see the type of America our ancestors built, but what type of America are we building? And now you need to start to construct your own systems. You need to start to construct your own plans to forge this new America, because what's gonna happen is outside of this new America, it's going to start to spring the new, the new American way, the new way of the world.
because we know American culture is the leading culture over everywhere else. That is why Americans like Kunye West and Kundis Owens and Selah Kuhn Marley are all over in France being American coons. That is why they can go over to European countries and put on white lives matter shirts because it matters that they're American, that it matters that they are black, melanated Americans saying that European lives matter. Again, they are melanated Americans who, again, American culture drives the world. And they are over there saying that European lives matter, colonizer lives matter. That's what they're saying. Conquistador lives matters. Like that's the energy it's giving. So be very careful, y'all, when you are buying your Louis Vuitton and you are buying your Gucci and you are buying your Prada and your Jimmy Choo because we still have Michael Kors, American. We still have Tory Burch, American. We still have Tom Ford, American. Telfar, American. We can still be luxurious in our American brands. Go buy a Ford Bronco. Go buy a Jeep Wrangler. Go buy uh, your Dodges. Come on, y'all. Like Now is the time for us to remind the rest of the world why America was the superpower. Because as of right now, we're moving towards be, being the superpower. We actually left that already. And China is going to be the next superpower of the world. And really it's crazy because a lot of, some of what we're seeing coming out of these Asian countries are box braids and R&B music. So they're literally about to become a superpower using black American culture, which I will now say is American culture because all Americans are now getting into the wave of being more like melanated Americans. It's like hip hop culture, um, rock culture, blues culture, soul culture. I want to really emphasize on the soul culture. Soul culture is American culture. America's got soul. We hear it all the time. And that's beyond just black Americans, melanated Americans. It is all Americans. America has a soul to it. The spirit of America is what the rest of the world feeds off of. But until we as Americans can come back together and find a way for our nationality to mean more than our race, we will continue to be divided. We will continue to have outside agents and plants come in or these European puppets. Because when I said that Kanye on yesterday's um episode, I mentioned the patriarchy. And I said that whenever I refer to the patriarchy on this podcast, I'm referring to three things, old, white, and male. I'm going to have to actually add a subset to that because Kunye is a puppet for the patriarchy. That man is literally working for old, white, male. So there is a subset of old, black, male, young, black, male. There's a subset of black, male that is also aligned with the patriarchy because remember patriarchy means father the, the patriarch that's that's father and we see what kanye loves to use to drag and bash women children i'm just trying to be a father fatherhood this fatherhood that as he hung out with a white woman who was a crackhead and on heroin so it it makes no sense to me how you want to be a great father but you are completely bypassing over your black daughters to go straight into a european lives matter movement so let's talk about 
Kanye's Kanye's connection to that white Eurocentric patriarchy, because that's where the actual patriarchy was founded. Kings and kings and kings and kings and kings and kings of England. Kings and kings and kings and kings and kings and kings of France. Like that's the patriarchy. That's where that really came from. Like they they call it a monarchy, but it was ran by men. It was ran by patriarchs in air quotations because fatherhood and and actually being a father are two different things, two completely different things. And when it's rooted in power, it's rooted in manipulation, it's rooted in control. That has nothing to do with being a father to anyone. So that is what my thoughts were this morning as I kind of took a step back and reanalyzed this whole white lives matter situation. It's really trying to convince us that we need to be worshiping Europeans because Europeans are the ones who gave us this land. They are the reason why we are here. If it was never for God's giving us the gods giving us Europeans, the whole world would still be savages. The whole world would still be pillaging for, for food. We'd still be living in huts. We'd still be shitting in buckets if the gods have never given us Europeans, basically, is what Eurocentricity is. And I refuse to believe that anyone is better than me. <laughs> anyone is superior than me. So Eurocentricity will never be anything that I worship. It will never be anything that I highlight or I focus on. And I'm going to close this podcast out by saying, I refuse to say the Pledge of Allegiance until America decides to truly include people who look like me in its power structure for the right reasons. Until that is a thing, And until the hierarchy and the power dynamics and the systemic systems, until the systems of America are no longer Mm -hmm. European, it will be very hard for me to be, to pledge my allegiance to this country. But what I will say is I refuse to leave. I will go nowhere. This is my home. This land is my land. This land is your land. And it is time for us to decide as Americans, all Americans, what this will look like for us once we remove the praising, the empowering, and the uplifting of Eurocentric America.